Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. At this moment in time, I'm on my own because we've had a, a few wee sound issues with JP, but we're trying to sort them out before we bring him into the stream. I'm pretty sure that uh, we can have a wee look at some of the subjects and bring up some of the comments in the meantime. And then we'll go back to JP to see if we can get some sound because uh, on a Thursday, 
I always look forward to hearing JP's thoughts and I will be looking forward to hearing his thoughts on the performance in the Champions League the other night as well as a look ahead to Hibs on Saturday. Um, I can see JP. I'll bring him in now, see if if the sound is working. JP, can you give us a one-two? Nothing at the moment. Uh, Nothing at the moment. But we will let JP have a look through uh, the various different settings to see if we can sort that one out. If not... Listen, we're going to go back to the old school where it's just us guys and girls uh, chewing the fat about Celtic, but that's fine. That's what happens sometimes with the the technology. So we are going to be looking ahead to Saturday's game against Hibs and uh, also looking back uh, because we've had quite a few days, I think, to, to soak up the defeat in the Champions League um, which is leaving us with a bit of a an impossible task. Some might say an uphill task but it looks like an impossible task to stay in the competition it is doable um, and I've been looking through the social media channels on Facebook and Twitter uh, particularly the Axon pages to hear what the uh, reaction has been from the wider Celtic fan base rather than just the Axon troops um, first and foremost I see that Celtic have released today um, along with Adidas a collaboration, the Adidas Originals. Uh, I was looking forward to talking to JP about that because we share a love of Celtic and football jerseys and the retrospective nature of some of that. So uh, I'm going to save that one for JP. Hopefully he can come back in with some sound uh, because I would like to discuss that with him. I also want to look at um, some of the some of the aftermath of uh, the Green Brigade. John and I spoke about it yesterday and what they have done and how um, incredible their fundraising has been for a, a number of years um, and how the media tend to focus on other aspects of the Green Brigade, i.e. the fines that they um, are on the back of in terms of the pyro, the use of pyrotechnics, uh, particularly in European games, and also the banners and the amount of fines that uh, the club um, are hit with as a result of that. And the media just home in on that, uh, home in on the negatives. And I think as often as we possibly can, let's hold up the Green Brigade uh, for the positive work that they are doing within the communities, uh, particularly at this moment in time where there are a lot of people out there struggling and uh, the great work that they have done, even on the back of the latest fines. We're going to be having a wee chat about that. We'll have a look at the game. I think there's been a lot spoken about in relation to the game. But let's have a look at some of the positives from that as well. John and I yesterday were talking about how it took a while for the the side to almost acclimatise to um, Ange Postacoglu's uh, philosophy and also the tempo of his play domestically. But it looks as though, even though we've been kind of off form in recent weeks, uh, we have definitely managed to get the tempo for the 90 minutes. Can we do it in the Champions League? Ange Postacoglu spoke about mentality, spoke about stresses and anxieties within the players on this stage. That's understandable. Some people in the comments yesterday were saying it was an excuse. I don't subscribe to that, but let me know your thoughts on it. We'll also be looking at the campaign as a whole in the Champions League. Um, Some in the media were calling Celtic's campaign an embarrassment. Well, there was an embarrassment last night. I don't think Celtic's campaign could be put in the same bracket as a result like that. And what about the response from Ange Postecoglou? Uh, We have heard a lot of positive words from Ange since he came in as the manager of Celtic. Um, But I've seen a lot, particularly as I say on the social media, uh, channels that Axom has a lot of fans saying that they're sick of hearing the same old same old again 
I'm not walking around uh, with my fingers in my ears, but I still believe in what Ange is preaching. I believe in the philosophy that he is implementing at Celtic Park. What's your thoughts on that? I'm going to be bringing up a lot of comments today if we're unable to get JP sound sorted. So please feel free to share your thoughts and we'll be bringing them up and throwing them back out to everybody that's listening to the Axon Bulletin today. What do we do moving forward? That's a massive question. Um, because I, I don't necessarily believe that we can make massive improvements in Europe by simply focusing on recruitment. Now, there was a there was a comment the other day there by Ange where he was talking about how you know clubs are spending hundreds of millions of pounds um, bringing in the correct players to compete at the elite level in Europe. So I get that, right? And I get that the big clubs are doing it that way. Celtic, in terms of the financial backing, can't do that. Um, but we have found a way of bringing in players at a certain price range um, that A, can dominate Scottish football, but B, we can sell on for a profit and hopefully reinvest in the playing pool. Um, JP is waiting in the wings. I'm going to bring him back in and hopefully we can we can hear him because I'm sure you would much rather listen to the two of us rather than just the dulcet tones of myself. JP, can we hear? Yes, we can. So I, I, I've switched computers, so... JP, to, we can hear you. That is the main thing. Back to the old one. Uh, I, I, I don't know what's the matter with that mic connection. It's uh, dodgy. Listen, right, it, it might be dodgy, but your commitment to the cause certainly is not, because I know that you've not been feeling great, and I can hear it in your voice, but you're here on a Thursday at 12.30 for the Axon Bulletin, um, and we thank you for that. I was, say, I was keeping something up my sleeve for you coming back in, because I had no doubt you would be back in, and that's something up my sleeve, is about Celtic's launch with Adidas of the Adidas Originals. Uh, I got an email this morning. It's obviously been on the socials, etc. Now, I'm going to ask you what you think of it first and foremost because we love a football jersey. We love a bit of retro. You and I, JP, you've got your your top up there. I've got my shamrock behind me. We'll talk about those two jerseys as well amongst all the other subjects I've already introduced. What's your thoughts on this Adidas Originals range? Well, it's, I've been waiting for it for a long time uh, and I saw it this morning as well. Um pretty excited about it until a friend of mine phoned me this morning uh, wanting to chat over the events of last night and, and the night before, actually. And uh, he told me that the badge isn't sewn on, apparently. Is that it's, right? a, it's like a, a... Like a heat transfer. A transfer, which uh. immediately... Puts a bit of a downer on it and might explain why the hoodie is, and I say only 50 quid. But when I saw it was 50 quid, I thought, you know what, that's actually, it's still a lot of money, but in, in, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I would have thought it would maybe have been 70 or something like that, you know, just because that's what they get away with charging. But maybe because they've they've scrimped on the badge, that there might be, there might be reason why it's cheaper. I, I would have preferred it if they'd made it. I don't know, five or ten are more expensive and then you, you had a sewn-on badge. Cause... This is the thing, right? Now, there's, there's a few things here in relation to the um, Adidas range. I think going over the last nine Celtic jerseys, I think over the piece Adidas jerseys have been brilliant. Over the piece, JP. There's a few that you might think you prefer or you weren't keen on, but I think over the nine jerseys that they've released so far, Adidas have been brilliant. Um, obviously, and this isn't a plug, right, because we're talking about jerseys, but when I was doing the book, JP, I was missing all those jerseys 
uh, circumstances around uh, the first season under Adidas were that there was very few match-worn jerseys kicking about, games being behind closed doors, etc. They weren't being handed out for COVID reasons, right? So they were pretty hard to come by. But the club, um, thankfully, were uh, really accommodating and they allowed us to go up to the stadium twice and photograph the, the, the nine jerseys. So we've got them in the books and I was looking at them with a probably a newfound appreciation of the range, if you like, the Adidas range. I think, you know, as a whole, it's a nice body of work that they've done so far. And I love this idea of Adidas Originals because I, I, I like a bit of retro, right? And we were down in London uh, was it this year or the end of la- maybe the end of last year and we met up with a, what I would regard as a, a retro football jersey manufacturer and it was Maber I remember they were famous for the Barcelona kits back in the 1980s right mm-hmm. and Barcelona and indeed Johan Cruyff had shares in the company and when Cruyff left Barcelona Barcelona went to Kappa and the business basically was shelved right so Barcelona weren't the only team that they used to supply jerseys for. But then they were they re-emerged and we decided to do a wee feature on them. We went down and we're chatting away and there was two things that we discovered by talking to the makers of Maba. The first one was uh, that they are owned by the same company that owns Hummel, right? Another great retro name from the 1980s and you think of, you know, jerseys like Denmark springs to mind, Coventry City winning the FA Cup wearing a Hummel jersey, the sky blue Hummel jersey against Spurs, who were also wearing Hummel. Big name in the 80s. Um, so we're chatting away and, you know, without even inviting such information, we were advised that um, the Hummel relationship and experience with a certain Glasgow club was um, less than fruitful. <laughs> and if I was to yeah. give you the details, I might end up with uh, a lawyer's letter at the door. But there we go. Uh, the other thing was they were talking to their friends at Adidas and I said to the Neil Hurt, who's a massive, massive Jersey fan, JP, I said, why don't they just go back to three stripes down the sleeves and the trefoil badge? Embroidered, obviously. And he just said that the people that are running Adidas right now just aren't up for it. They, they just don't think it would work. And I'm thinking, wow, football fans would be all over that, JP, wouldn't they? Well, if if yeah, they return um, to that, yeah, there's some, but I think the uh, the, the recognised Adidas logo now is is the the more the, the equipment Adidas yeah. equipment logo that's that's kind of ingrained itself in in modern day football fan culture because it's just it's been the predominant Adidas logo for the last twenty or. 30 years I suppose and, it, and the, the trefoil is more 80s isn't it mm. it's a generational um, thing eh? but the, the, there was never an Adidas never sponsored Celtic kits in the 80s so there's not an Adidas original Celtic kit to go back to if they yeah. were if, if Adidas were doing an Adidas originals kit they'd just be ripping off an, an Umbro kit or a well there isn't there's just it would be or, an Umbro or a Queen's Park Rangers kit the hoops yeah, from I, the you know yeah Oh. <laughs> Which is a shame because it would be nice if we could have like a, a, a proper Celtic kit with the trefoil. But if, if the originals uh, uh, release, which has come out today, if that's all, we could, if that's all we're going to get in the in the short term, I'll, I'll take it because I, I I do really like that hoodie. I'm I'm hundred percent going to get it. Um, but, see just, the thing, 
See the thing, JP, I'm going to make a suggestion here. Now, obviously, I would not indulge in such practices, right? But there are people out there who reproduce things, uh, and they reproduce them pretty well, don't they? And there's mm. some companies out there that they're pretty spot on. Now, obviously, we've moved into merchandise, right? And the jersey to my left, but it's on the right of the screen, I'm just noticing, um, is one of the jerseys we've reproduced because Celtic refused to do it. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's a a, a, a shamrock. I, I'm not sure why the club have never reproduced this, but we've done it. So you get to know in terms of um, the process, JP, and how close these companies can get to actually reproducing things. Now, if there was a jersey from, let's say, the 90s that I think um, Adidas could have reproduced that wasn't Celtic, but we probably could have got away with it, I'm going to bring it up on the screen, JP, right? And um, you might appreciate the reason why I've brought up the player that I'm bringing up. This is the jersey that I would I would suggest Celtic could bring back, right? One of them. There's, there's another one, right? Because I think as a Celtic jersey... By the way, that's a proper coincidence that David Ginola is modelling this for us, yeah. by the way, JP. Um, because some might say I'm obsessed with them. But, <laughs> you know, the stripes, if you had the, the green and the black stripes from the Nakamura era and mm. further back, actually, we had a, a kit like that back in the 70s. I think that could be recreated with a Celtic crest. And by the way, that doesn't even have the trefoil on it. It says Adidas. That was when they went back to just writing Adidas on it. But I just think that would be a brilliant remake. So if anybody's out there that does the remakes, give us a Celtic jersey in this style. Did, that, I think. did that happen with a lot of Adidas kits? Just with the Adidas badge on the... I, I don't remember seeing that in many kits at that just, time. Just the, the actual writing, the lowercase Adidas. Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, that, even that Newcastle top design, to, to my memory, seems to be a kind of one-off. Ah, uh, with the grandcat, granddad collar in that. With the aye, with the with the buttons and all that. I mean, it was, it was pretty unique. I, I did, I did, as much as I was always Man United, I, I did actually think that kit was pretty smart back in the day. And it was. It I was. used to always go Newcastle United. And I've said this before. I used to play Championship Manager around them at my mates' bit, but we would all sit in a room and we'd all play the game at the same time and just take turns to have a shot in the mouse to choose. Sort, sort your team out, aye. Aye, aye. <laughs> I don't know if that was a common thing or if it, it was. Really, it was. Was it? Oh, really? This was before you could log on and play it, you know, online. You know, I, you, no. you actually had to go run to people's houses and 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 speak to them in person. But it, was, it was brilliant. We used to sit in my mate's computer room, which was this tiny wee room. There'd be about six of us sitting in this room, and my mate Collins and I, I wasn't allowed to go Man United because they they knew I would be insufferable if I was Man United and I was winning. The you Champions know, League. The, 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 well, just just the game in general. So, I think my my two default default uh, options to go other than that were Chelsea before I developed a proper hatred of of them and and Newcastle United. So I had a Newcastle United team that had your Ferdinands, your uh, Warren Bartons, your mm. Ernicks. I can I can remember my team. I can, I can remember the the first eleven. Remember they signed Alex Matthew from Morton? Can you remember that? So that Sorry, Kevin yeah. Keegan side, right? Obviously, Beardsley was a big part of the team as well. Um, and they later signed guys like, um, you know, Aspria and all that as well, didn't they? But mm. around about that time, they signed Alex Matthew, the former Celtic player who had gone to Morton 
and started scoring for Morton. And Newcastle United bought him for half a million quid, JP, right? And this is the era of Letizia and Tony Yaboa and Eric Cantona in the Premier League in England, which I loved back at that. I've got to admit, I loved all that, right, at the time. Oh, and I remember, oh, it was brilliant. And I remember watching a game, and it must have been the season before that. Sorry, we are digressing here. It must have been the, the season before that when Newcastle had a blue away kit. You remember that? With McEwen's lager on it. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. Matthew's sitting on the bench. Somebody in the comment section will remember the game and will tell me who it was against. Matthew came on and scored an absolute belter for Newcastle. And I remember saying to my old man, they signed him for Morton. Right? But obviously the, the riches that, that later came into the, the game down in England would mean they would probably never look at a player from Morton ever again. And Alex Matthew was en- he ended up at Dundee United after Newcastle but mm. a, a proper arm digressing because I did want to show you the away kit from that that era as well because this would definitely work as the hoops let me just bring it up if I can find it have I got a copy I of it I know the one you're going to bring up it's like maroon and oh, another colour look one. at that look at that, that. Yeah. I know it's a small picture I couldn't get a bigger one right but that's the hoops and it's got the Adidas stripes down the sleeves uh, if you had that in green and white hoops, that's working for me. Can you name the Spurs player, by the way? This is when I was writing English football. Can you remember? Can you remember that Spurs player? You used to play for Liverpool. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, it's not Ronnie Rosenthal, is it? It is. It is Ronnie Rosenthal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And and a special picture for anybody out there because I I mean I don't know why, right? But I've been accused, JP, of being obsessed with Ginola. So just to prove that I'm not, there's another wee picture of him as well. You know <laughs> who I'm talking about. <laughs> so yeah. there we go. Now before we move on, um when I listen, by the way, you and I have both played at Celtic Park. We've been lucky enough to do that, JP, right? And I, I, I totally am lucky. I, I, I'm not bamming anybody up. I couldn't believe it when I got an email saying that we want you to appear in this um, charity game, right? And we went up to Celtic and you were allowed to take two people with you. So I took my missus, my wee boy. I've, said, I've told this story before. So my wee boy, right, his first game at Celtic Park, he watched me playing for Celtic, right? So he, he now thinks I play for Celtic. And obviously I'm not going to ruin that dream. I just keep it yeah. going. And... Uh, why have you not played the game for three years, Dad? <laughs> Fitness issues, son. Dodgy elbow. It's always it's always something like that, right? Um and and when we played that night, we got an email saying, right, what name do you want in the back? You'll know this because you've done it. And what number do you want in the back of your jersey? So we turned up and there was loads of people with number seven. So we had like obviously about eight players with number seven. Everybody else had number sixty seven. And I had seven one. And I'll tell you why I had 7-1, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Good segue. <laughs> I had 7-1 because um, Neely Mocking. And I thought to myself, right, I'm going to do something for Neely Mocking. 
because the family had been so good to me when I was doing the book and the documentary. Um, so it was in tribute to Neely that I had 7-1 on the back of my jersey. So I was number 71. And lo and behold, the number comes back round last night, mate. You know, um, and I've no, to be fair, I've just looked at the Anfield rap this morning. I've not been looking at any of the mainstream media, but um, are they getting as hard a time as Celtic are for the European endeavours? I'm not, I'm not sure. I've genuinely not checked. I think they are. <laughs> I mean, they are. There's been a lot of history uh, poured over, although how BBC Scotland managed to completely ignore the 7-1 from 57 as the, the worst result in their history, just officially labelled last night the, the worst result in their history. Maybe maybe they are coming into the fact that, you know, it was a different history. I don't know. Well, I mean, that, 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 that some people were, were pointing that out as a possibility, but... Um, I, I very much doubt it, given it was the BBC. So, it, look, it just goes to show, and we're obviously going to speak about the, the Leipzig game and every other Champions League game, but it just goes to show that, that, that the Champions League is unforgiven oh, yeah. and, and is the highest the highest level. Yeah. And we're, you know, we're all, we're both a, a, a good bit off it, turns out there a lot further off it than we are and all the the laughing and sneering at us getting pumped 5-0 off PSG and mm-hmm. 7-1 off PSG I was there it's horrible uh, you know Barcelona tonking us as well they, they, they had a right good laugh about that as if as if when they got there they would miraculously do better than us well they haven't you know because it's there's like a huge chasm and and I have to say, the way that the media was building up last night was as if Liverpool were in disarray and they were coming to the lion's den with no lions uh, <laughs> at Ibrox and they were going to, they were going to come up. Uh, the lion's den. They were going to come a cropper. And I started to actually buy into it, but I was actually starting to think, they might get a result tonight. They make it, even if they got a draw, that would be something. And then I was doing a gig and I went to, like, it was now, now I had it on my, my phone in my production office. I went and took the artist to the stage, really nice guy for uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, his name Matt, his name is Matt Anderson, really nice guy, really good uh, singer-songwriter as well. So I went, got him at his dressing room, so I'm five minutes away from the game, and then walked him to the stage, and then I put the, put the game back on, and it was 1-0 Rangers, and I just, no way, man. How it... How is this possible? No chance. Scott Arfield scoring the goal. Celtic fan Scott Arfield. Mm. Um, and can, uh, can you remember the band he was in? Can you remember the name of the band Begbies. he was in? The Begbies. Yeah. yeah. Um, was told by his agent, football or or music, and well, for for monetary reasons, he chose football. So, uh, but I I, I I I genuinely thought that this can he possibly be happening but then Liverpool obviously absolutely upped it and brought on the brought on the cavalry and, and finished them off uh, in style but yeah it's it's, it's it's just it's just how it is we, we've and the other thing as well and this is relative to our game is that a lot of their uh, fan media and, and things like that and the, the tweets I've seen retweeted and things like that is that they were all going we went for them in the first half why did we stop why did we start going back mm. why did we why did we become 
uh, uh, cagey? Why did we become safe? Which is everything that Ange Postacoglu has been saying that he doesn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And they did it and got cuffed 7-1. We didn't do it and we got beat 2-0 and I yeah. came at home. Yeah. So the, the, all everything they they kind of slag us for and say, oh well, you haven't got the the the, the nous or the pragmatism to 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 cope in Europe. They, they didn't do it either. They they did what they were saying we should do, and they still got hammered. So, which is even more reason why I still don't. I'm not blindly trusting the Anjoposticoglu process, but I'm seeing what he's trying to do. Yeah. We're in season. We're in season two. We're only two months into season two of a brand new Celtic side, which a year a year and two months ago didn't exist. And in that year and two months, they've won two trophies. They've won three out of six games in a Europa League contest to get into uh, uh, around the thirty-two, and then they've qualified, obviously qualified by winning the league mm-hmm. to get into the Champions League. And in all those games, we've held our own. And the Leipzig game the other night, or uh, SSV Mark Randstad to give them their original and real name um, if you know your history and all that um, we we held our own against them the other night 75 minutes and I read people don't like Tom English I I, I don't dislike him but I don't like him I, he's, he's, he's this guy who sort of uh, sits in between the two of, of, of someone that I like and dislike I don't know what where I, I don't know what word I could describe. What word would you use to describe somebody that's sort of... See the, see the thing, I, I'm not, I want you to come back to what you're saying there, but it's interesting you bring up Tom English because Tom English has been very complimentary on the BBC about a Celtic state of mind. Um, and yeah, he did mention us because I think there was a, there was a discussion being had about fan media, which mm-hmm. undoubtedly Axel is. And we we always, I mean, even yesterday I was saying this to John, there's an emotional element to your input, particularly after a game. And you can't help that because you're a Celtic fan, right? Um, and I think that's one of the biggest differences between fan media and mainstream media because I, I stick to the, the view that there are bad and good examples of both. So you can see mainstream media with the bigger budgets and all that, JP, and with every single one of them being professionals because they're being paid for, for their craft, right? And many of them, uh, most of them, are trained um, to give their opinion. And uh, you can see good and bad examples of it. And I think it's the same alternative. So I, I think media is media now, right? And instead of saying mainstream or alternative, I think you should just say, is it good or is it bad? And I think um, Tom English made that point on uh, something along that line, saying that a Celtic state of mind was quality. And then I've heard from other people who have worked uh, alongside him who said that he's an absolute gentleman to work with as well. And I'm talking about people who are starting off their journey as journalists, mm. where it could be easy just to ignore these people and think they're lackeys and all that. And, and and there are some people out there who treat them like that. Tom English isn't one of them. So I know that he divides opinion. I know that a lot of people don't, uh, within the Celtic fan base, like uh, what he writes and what he says, but... It's what, like what you say that you, you're in the middle ground there, aren't you? You're saying you don't dislike him, but you're not a big fan. No, I mean, I, I, I don't get uh, uptight or or or, or hot and bothered by what he, you know, what he says or doesn't say. But I read his I read his piece about the Leipzig game, 
the other night and he was spot on with how there was a feeling around Celtic Park that the longer it went on at 0-0, you were waiting on that. I can't remember the exact vernacular that he used. If you read the, if you read his uh, report on that on the on the game, it was very fair, complimentary to Celtic as well. Uh, you know, aware of the task that they were up, up, that they had in hand, and there was a sense of God, this that they're going to score. We're, we're at no no. We've, we've look at everything we've given to this game. Look at the chances we've had, the way we've played. The endeavour, I don't think you could fault anybody, really. There was an inevitability, wasn't there? You just felt like they had that weaponry in them to just really puncture us. But when it's, when it, as ever with Celtic, when it, was, when it goes one, it invariably is going to be two. I don't think not many people in the crowd could see us you know, winning the game with 15 minutes to go against a team of the quality of Leipzig, unfortunately. See, the thing to you, right, we pour over um, every nuance of the performance, everything that happens at Celtic uh, on this show. And there are people who are far better than me in, in terms of the um, analysis with the data. Uh, I shared some stuff with you. It was very, very interesting. I find it really mm. intriguing. Um, but there are a lot of real pros. Alan Morrison's brilliant when it comes to the stats. But, you know, sometimes, sometimes I think it's as basic as if Celtic were to have got the first goal in the games we were talking about here, right, and we had enough chances to get them. I mean, Real Madrid, do you imagine the momentum shift if Celtic were to have got that goal? Just something as simple as that. I'm talking about the momentum within the players, the energy levels, the crowd getting behind you. Somebody yesterday in the comment section said that there's no such thing as influencing a game of football from the stands. Don't agree with that in the slightest, right? Um, particularly at Celtic Park because the atmosphere is is definitely part of the, uh, the outcome of many, many football games down the years, right? And... I would have loved to have seen that momentum shift and something as simple as that, something that can't be quantified, JP. You can't put a figure on it. You, you can't bring it up on a chart, right? But what happens to those individual players if we were to have taken the lead the other night? And by the way, we could and should have done. There was a there was a, a moment in the game, maybe contradicting a wee bit what Tom English wrote, where I was looking at Leipzig thinking they were very wasteful and it might have been one of those nights that they weren't going to get the breakthrough because some of the top players were being very wasteful with chances, as mm. were Celtic, by the way, as were Celtic. Um, but yeah, there did seem a sense of um, foreboding, I think. And at half-time, Kevin McCluskey and I were sitting here going, uh, very similar to the Real Madrid game, we could get a result here. Mm. Um, so I think that since, since the result, since the performance, um, we've been pretty positive on a Celtic state of mind. And... You know, that might change tomorrow because I'm not going to be on the show tomorrow and there might be a completely different view. And I'm keen to bring up some of the views. Michael McDonald, I deliberately left that up. Great tune by uh, the Stone Roses. Don't know why you've chosen it today. Um, but we did get a message on the, the socials. Let me bring this up here, actually, GP. It's an important one that I need to point out. So there was a chat yesterday about um, Celtic fans leaving. I've seen a lot of this actually on the Facebook group. Uh, Celtic fans leaving, right? Um, um, but one of our viewers has come on on a Twitter uh, page and DM'd us to say, listen, I travelled over from Belfast. We were told when we came into the stadium, get out sharpish. Um, 
it's particularly level a few down because we had to get the Stranra uh, ferry from twelve uh, for twelve thirty. So listen, we've got to make that point, JP, that a lot of people would would stay there till the ninetieth minute. They've travelled over from Ireland. They've been told by whoever's running the bus, etc., the supporters' club, get out sharpish so we can catch the the ferry back. So, yeah, apologies if that offended anybody yesterday. There was a wee bit of chat around that. Oh, um, no, listen, I, I, I would 100%, if it was me and I was in another country and my method of getting back home was uh, in, the, in the lap of someone else who said, I mean, I remember being in Seville when the driver said, if you're not back in the bus by midnight, I'm, going, I'm leaving for Malaga without you. And I, I found the bus at 10 to midnight, bearing in mind it had gone extra time. And right on midnight, that bus left and there was, there was empty seats, mm-hmm. having, having been full on the way there. So, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. People were left behind. (laughs) I don't know what nick they were in, but they were left behind. So I get it. However... The, the volume of people that left around about me on Wednesday on, uh, on Tuesday night that they were all getting on buses going back to Belfast, absolutely no way I could tell by looking at the people that they weren't you know, that they were just they were going to the pub or they were, I don't know what they were doing but I just don't get this, oh well that's it I'm away, you know, and it was immediately after the second goal it wasn't the five minutes to go or Whatever, it was immediately after the second goal, it was just kind of like, oh, well, that's the game done, I'm away. And that's just, you can't do that. I mean, any reason you've got, if you've got a valid reason, like that guy obviously said, I get it. But any other, what is your other reason that you, you don't, you can't be bothered staying for the rest of the game for another 15 minutes, 10 minutes to, 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 to applaud the team, the team's efforts? It's not as if the team had been terrible and would. We'd been embarrassed. We'd we not, we'd not been pummeled. No, absolutely no chance had we been pummeled, pummeled. And you saw Greg Taylor's. Yeah, I think he was the one player that came out and did the post match mm-hmm. um, afterwards. And you could tell by his uh, demeanour and the way that he you know, replied to questions that he was absolutely gutted. Mm. So that the players will have been gutted in, in that dressing room because they probably do feel that. A five-one aggregate scoreline against a team that they've given a goal to in, in Germany to put them two-one ahead, and then spurned so many opportunities at home where, where we should have scored. 
You you made a point yesterday. We had a wee chat yesterday about it, and you met you mentioned because I no longer think about aggregate scorelines because obviously <laughs> we're going back to the nineties. Mm. But uh, you mentioned the five one scoreline, and I thought, wow, there's no way, there is no way, right, that this is like similar to Nushatel Zamax, mm-hmm. you know, where we were absolutely annihilated. You know that that was like <laughs> a, a sackable um, European leg. Uh, it didn't result in Liam Brady's sacking, by the way. But, you know, that that's... When I was looking at it, I was thinking, no, the margin wasn't that large over the two games. And and it's actually, again, going back to some of the stats I was looking at, um, you know, we did compete right up to a point. We competed up to a point. So is the issue... I want to come back to Greg Taylor, by the way, but is the issue more, JP, this, this kind of... The anxieties and the stresses that Ange mentioned after the game. Last week, he spoke about a mentality... Um, is it basically about saying to these players who have played maybe three or four Champions League games, which is the majority of the team, right? They've only, it's their first campaign. And it's about building up that confidence so that the, the anxieties and stresses that Ange mentioned um, can be worked on and no longer exist when a ball falls to you against Real Madrid and you have to put it in the back of the net, you know? Um, because I think that's what he's getting at. These players are capable. We're, we're creating the chances. Um, and, you know, th- there was a discussion between, I think it was Richard Gordon and John Collins about a chance. If you've got a chance, it doesn't matter who it's against. And, and Collins picked him up about that because they're, you're caught in a moment you are playing Real Madrid, you are playing Leipzig, it is the Champions League. You know, if you're at training, I've spoken to loads of ex-footballers, JP, who said that guy was a brilliant training ground player. Mm-hmm. Couldn't he replicate it in a game. Quite a few Celtic players apparently were like that. Um, so the, the stresses, the anxieties and the mentality plays a massive part in it, I think. But you look at Ange and you think, well, you know, you look at this shift in the mentality since he came in um, if he can shift that again by a small percentage, these games are, have got different outcomes. That's my view. And people might think, think that's naive. No, I think as well as as that is that the, the every, we were doing everything right. It's just the the clinical aspect. Kyogo's header. Like, I know. Like I don't I don't know how that doesn't it doesn't go on target. I mean, I'm not saying the keeper saves it. I'm not saying the the, the keeper doesn't save it. He may well have done because it probably would have been down his throat but if Kyogo gets that you know on target then he's at least given the keeper something to do mm-hmm. and somebody said it might have, it may have been ruled offside I don't know if that's the case I've not watched anything back of the game by the way I've not seen their goals I've not seen any of our chances I've not even at the game I didn't see the the post and the cross back because I think I was speaking to somebody it was Robert who gave me a lift to the game we were talking about it and he said about the crossbar and the in the post incident. I went, wait, we hit the crossbar in the post Aye. because where I sit, people always like stand up and block your view. So because I'm looking down the the north stand, every time something an incident happens, people sort of stand up, and uh, if you're not like up in the feet in your feet at the same time, you miss it. Mm-hmm. So it happened that quickly. I missed it, so I didn't even realise that it happened. That. Um, that- that passage you play, JP, you know, in isolation, right? Matt, Matt O'Reilly does so so well to get to, to get his shot in because I think he's fallen to the ground and he doesn't hit it cleanly, but he hits the post, which obviously um, that decks the goalie. So the goalie's down, the ball uh, falls to Greg Taylor and he hits the bar. I'm not going to criticise Greg Taylor by the way. It's a left back playing on the right hand side of the park at this moment, and he's in front of goal. I think he's only scored one goal for Celtic. Um, 
against Rangers and he hits the bar right and and Taylor's chance was obviously a lot better a lot easier I would have thought than, than O'Reilly's but we didn't score but it leads me on to Greg Taylor um, that's the moment you know if, if the, the momentum shift at that moment in time if Celtic score that goal what then happens to the opposition what then happens to our players what happens to the crowd JP and we've, we've not seen it uh, in this in this environment this season but I think it's just moments like that where Celtic Park becomes um, a, a, a special place because you, you know I don't agree with the guy yesterday saying that the fans don't influence the players of course they do they absolutely do um, if that goes in we're looking at a different result entirely but on the point of Taylor I'm going to go right back um, you could check I'm not sure when this was Neil Lennon was in charge I went over to Romania to watch the Cluj game which was a dead rubber and uh, the only way I could get because it was pretty late is by going on the plane with the, the team right so I'm just sitting watching everybody's you know demeanours and how they behave and all this kind of stuff because you're thinking to yourself well oh, there's Olivier and Cham walking about with his Prada Baffies on and uh, you know there's Chris Iyer who has to duck down because he's that tall to go to the toilet and anyway the, the, the other thing I observed was um, Greg Taylor and I remember saying to uh, Kevin Graham I think at the time we had the audio podcast at that time and I says to Taylor uh, to Kev I said you know, <laughs> Greg Taylor was like a ringleader it was like, you know, everybody was running about him. He was the guy that was setting things up and, you know, everybody seemed to be, like, feeding off his energy and stuff like that. And um, I wasn't, by any manner of means, saying he was, a, he was a leader or a captain at that stage. I wasn't. But in time, Kevin Graham started touting um, Greg Taylor. And I'm not saying based on that experience. I remember him saying it. I he was touting him for a captaincy, right? Uh-huh. Um, and then when Scott Brown left the club, and there was a whole discussion around who's the captain, right? And I think at that time I'm saying Chris Iyer. I thought Chris Iyer had a lot of attributes that could have made him a leader and a captain. He left the club. That was never going to happen. Callum McGregor gets the captain's armband and he's the right man for the job. He's proved that. But in his absence, there was that whole question, who's the captain? Because he's he's, handing the, he's handed the captain's armband to Joe Hart a few times, isn't he? Uh, Callum, and he's gone off the park. So you think, right, so if you look at the, the, the line-up, apparently James Forrest is the vice-captain, but he's not in the park. Who's going to be the captain? Carter Vickers gets it. Have you seen the, the footage, JP, of the huddle yeah. before the Leipzig game? It looks to me like Greg Taylor's the captain. Yeah. So that, that's strange how that's come full circle because he has become an influential member of that team, isn't he? I Not mean, just with his performances, but with his leadership qualities. No doubt, no doubt. And I think his performances obviously have started to reflect his influence in the in the dressing room because mm. it, it, it's all very well being a likeable guy in the dressing room, but you're only going to get the respect of the players if you're out there giving it eights and nines and mm. tens every week and Greg Taylor can you really point to a game where Greg Taylor's fallen short of of the standards expected of a of a Celtic player in, in recent times I, I can't remember him having a an absolute an absolute nightmare and this he's is a guy he's been our best in, player a couple of times in Europe this season aye and this is a guy that came in and didn't they get a sniff under Lennon mm-hmm. was barely played we were putting uh guys out in the left I can't remember who was I'm sure there was people being played guys being played on the left instead of Taylor who weren't even left backs That that's just in my memory I don't know if that's correct or not but 
it didn't seem that Greg Taylor had made the right move at, at one point. In fact, I, I, I know that that was definitely what was being thought. Uh, Jackie's I, his agent, isn't he? Jackie McNamara. I, 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 again, I think, I think so. I don't know. Because, uh, I mean, going back to that, I think, right, and people can correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding of this is that that's the first player we bought that had been represented by Jackie since Jackie went into being mm-hmm. an agent. And, um, you know, maybe I'm putting two two and two together here and getting five. I don't think he was a Neil Lennon signing. I think it was Jackie McNamara and Peter Lovell. Um, whose relationship now, you know, compared to when he left the club, the relationship is completely different between Peter Lovell and Jackie McNamara. And I think that was a deal that wasn't, it wasn't a Neil Lennon player. It was He never identified Greg Taylor. <coughs> well, how many players did Neil Lennon identify, though, in, his, in, in that, that second spell? I mean, will we ever find that out? There's probably a confidentiality agreement being, mm. being stuck to the point that we'll never know, you know, who was who was a, a Lennon player and who wasn't. So You'll take the good ones, eh? <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. It, it, they'll, they'll be claimed in any book that he ever writes about. By the way... I've got to say, listen, I wish Neil Lennon all the best. I, I'm yeah. watching I'm watching his progress now over in Cyprus and I, I really do wish him all the best. And it might have come across at the time, JP, that I had some kind of vendetta against Neil Lennon. I didn't. I do I could just see ten in a row slipping away week after week. I could see it slipping away and we had to we had to kind of stem that tide. Uh, it looked as though there was issues behind the scenes, it looked as though players weren't enjoying their football or or some of them weren't playing for the manager, you were scoring goals and not celebrating them. There was issues around Celtic Park and the only thing I could see that could really give them the jag they needed was a change of management, you know, and it wasn't anything personal against Neil Lennon and as I say, I hope he absolutely thrives um, in Cyprus and continues to thrive. Um, but I don't think Greg Taylor was his boy. I really don't. Uh, no, I, I, I think it's unlikely. Uh, I'm just thinking of something that Lennon said recently about Gary Hooper. <laughs> That's right. Did you hear that? <laughs> I did. Was he talking to Alan, Alan Brazil? <laughs> he said something about him being... Uh, it was brutal, eh? Um, it was brutal, eh? He said something about being about the same size as Alan Brazil. You know, like, wow. That's your current player you're talking about. You must have a decent enough relationship with him to be able to say things like that and, and Hooper's not going to be kind of... It's a way of motivating a player, eh? What way to motivate a player to lose a few pounds? Um, He's old school that way, isn't he? Ah, definitely. So, listen, we're bigging up Greg Taylor in a big way, and I reckon at least two games in the Champions League, he's been the best player on the park. One of them actually got a... The other night. JP. Unbelievable. And the big thing, again, it's like what you were saying the other week. You're happy with Carter Vickers and A and other, and I totally get that, right? But how good was Jens? I thought Jens... You know, he made me eat my words. Best game, best game in yeah, Celtic jersey. He made me eat my words because I thought Welsh should have started, and I, I had this conversation with a friend before it, and he was adamant that Jens should start, and I, I was like, well, no, Welsh played well out there in Germany, and then you think to yourself, we are missing Carter Vickers in Germany. Would we have got beat three one with Carter Vickers playing in that team in Germany? I don't think so. I, I, gen, I, I know it's all after pups and maybes and all that, but I don't think we would have. And also, we lost McGregor at uh-huh. half point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, you're looking at two massive, massive misses. For and then well, you've got you, you've got the Joe Hart individual error as well. You yeah. throw that into the mix, JP. You know, just tiny, tiny margins. 
Tiny matches. But, but Carter Vickers the other night, I mean, people are saying, oh, he'll be, he'll be away now and oh, that'll be him away next summer and everything else. And obviously that's the kind of knee-jerk reaction that, you know, someone has a good game in Champions League and it's like, all right, well, that's them away. And I was speaking to someone else the other day, a friend, and she was saying, oh, well, that'll be us out of Europe. There'll be no Europe after Christmas. These players, that, that'll mean they'll lose interest. And I'm like, most of these players, this is their first experience of Europe. Yeah. Matt, so Matt O'Reilly's going to go, oh, well, because I've not got European football after Christmas. Matt O'Reilly's only played uh, four Champions League games. Like This time last like, year, he's in the third tier of English football. Do you I know. Think? I mean, I don't think, I really don't think that immediately equals I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or I've only got Scottish football, domestic football to play. There's, there's still a huge incentive to, to win competitions, to win trophies. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 cert- I certainly am I'm not losing appetite for the domestic uh, game because of us exiting the Champions League and potentially exiting Europe altogether if we don't manage to put together the two results that we need to, to, to get into the Europa League. My appetite and desire for... <coughs> Scottish football is as is as much as it's ever been one because of the fact that we went a whole year without it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and weren't able to go to the games. And two, because of the manager we've got in charge in the football that we're playing. And I've been following Celtic for thirty years. So if anybody should become be being jaded at this point with it's somebody like me. I've never um, felt jaded. That that's the thing about Celtic, JP. You know, it's maybe difficult to describe to people, but some people might think you're a glory hunter because you don't live 30 miles from Celtic Park, yet you support the club. And that's not the case at all, because I think back to the 1980s, late 80s and and the early 90s, yeah, I'm going to get called a Celtic dad and all this nonsense, but still looking forward and still being excited to catch the Celtic bus, various buses uh, from Fife to go over to the games. I mean, that Hamden season was rotten. It was rotten. I mean, Patrick Thistle beat us 3-1 at home. Allegedly, Hamden was our home. Um, But at no point did I ever... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash Internet for details. Ever think to myself, I can't be bored. I feel jaded. I can't be bored going to the game. Never. So it was never always about... Um, the trophies and the success, JP. It, it wasn't for me when I came through my initiation period. I mean, if I was going to jack it, it'd have been jacked a long time ago. However, enjoying the success that we've seen, particularly since Martin O'Neill's came in uh, to Celtic, has been absolutely phenomenal. And I just don't think we could ever allow ourselves to go back to anything other than success. Um, I'm going to ask a couple of things that might be controversial in relation to how we 
progress in Europe. We've spoken about Greg Taylor and, and Carter Vickers now. Um, I'm also keen to bring up a few points because I haven't brought many up today and I know that people are going to disagree with some of the points we're making. Urban Culture says, just what I like to see in an Axom headline, positive vibes. Too many grumpy people posting over the last few days. So let's have a look at some of these positive vibes, right? So what I've taken from uh, the performances recently you know, and there are other good performers, by the way, because we've obviously spoken about Greg Taylor. Haksabanovich looking apart, Katavikers back, it certainly is, and O'Reilly orchestrating. Uh, there's only so much I can type in there because I would have explained that a wee bit better. The reason I, br- I brought in O'Reilly, JP, was the fact that, um, you know, some people might have doubted that he could fill the boot, say, McGregor. I'm not saying he fully did, but I was very, very impressed with his performance in a different role the other night. I thought he was excellent offensively and defensively. What, what did you make of his performance? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's, he was he was in the uh, pre-match press conference. He was speaking, wasn't he? Because he was asked about how he felt about playing in a different role. And he said he played kind of all around the roles in the, in the, in the midfield mm-hmm. at various points in his career. So I think when you've got the, the skill set that he has, you're not really asking him, it's not like you're asking a striker to play left back or something like that. You're, you're, it, he understands the system, he understands the role. He's played enough with Callum McGregor to know what Callum McGregor does. He's obviously, his football intelligence is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and at a, a, a very high level he's obviously been in that position or a midfield position for his entire youth career so it's not really as much as maybe to us it's like oh wow he, he can play there as well I, I don't think it's any surprise to him or probably not really a surprise to to the manager and I think the reason why he was kept in there instead of bringing in an Abogar I mean Abogar I didn't realise this until I watched a presser with Abelgard, but Abelgard trained on his own for three months. Mm. So he's nowhere near the level, surely. I mean, some people have said to me, oh, come on, he's been training with us for, you know, a month now or however long he's been here and everything else. Yeah, but that, you know, he's not ready, surely, to step in and play first team in a Champions League game like that. I, I wouldn't have thought... Neither is McCarthy because he's not at the game time, nor, nor Moy. I think Moy played well when he came on the other night. Maybe shut a few people up because mm-hmm. there's so many people who seem to have knives out for Aaron Moy for whatever reason. Um, his, contra- his contribution was excellent, I thought, the other night. It was, it was really positive. He was playing more of a forward role. You see that ball he put in with outside his foot? Uh, and, he, and he nearly he nearly got in a position to score himself as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think O'Reilly has showed that you know we don't need to have that that's that typical six in. and I don't know really what different I mean if we did Callum McGregor the other night but Callum McGregor isn't a typical six Callum McGregor doesn't fall into the category of an Abelgard a Moyer a McCarthy because Callum McGregor gives you a lot more than just a player playing in that position because mm-hmm. he does so much more. And we, 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 we've seen <coughs> in the two games without Callum McGregor, or two and a half games now without Callum McGregor, we've seen what what he brings and all the experience that he brings, all the international experience, all the European experience. We've seen what what he brings and what we're without when he doesn't play. And 
for anybody that's been saying that McGregor's not been having a good season, well, now we see what it's like without him. Exactly. Can I just clarify as well? Um, you're not like one of these guys that gets an interview and blinks and Morse codes. You're not putting up semaphore signals behind you there to, to tell people that you're in need of help. Can I just clarify that, JP? Because I noticed, <laughs> I noticed the Beatles yeah. LP behind you. And I just want people uh, to know that you're doing this through choice, not under duress. That, that, there's there's some aspects of, of Liverpool that I have uh, affinity with. <laughs> the, the Beatles are 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 one of a uh, group of <laughs> a group of people from Liverpool. The Laz, there are others. <laughs> um, but yeah, subtle, um, subtle. Uh, as uh, is, uh, can I spot uh, Mr. Braithwaite's book behind you there as well? Is that Stuart Braithwaite's yeah, book? You can uh, just I've not read it yet. I've not really had the time nor the. Uh, mental capacity to read anything in the last few days because I've, I've like I said I've been feeling a bit under the weather but I look forward to it and I know you've read it and I know that you've interviewed the, the man himself it's a brilliant book I'll start off by saying that I love music books anyway I love um, autobiographies um, that take you behind that curtain a wee bit I, you know I think there's a, a formulaic style of football autobiography that um, switched me off from them for a long time and it was only when People were doing it a wee bit differently that I, I, I really enjoyed things like Tony Cascarino's autobiography, by the way. Superb, right? You need to read that. Paul McGrath, Back from the Brink, unbelievable. And uh, a guy called Mickey Quinn, who used to play for Coventry and, and Newcastle and various other teams, his autobiography is just hilarious. You've got to read these books. Um, but then there's a million other ones that are just formulaic. You know what I mean, JP? Um, so I started reading a lot of music autobiographies because I just found them a wee bit more interesting and a wee bit more insightful. Uh, and I really look forward to Stuart Braithwaite's because, as you know, I'm a fan of Mogwai. My big brother's a mega fan. He's like, you know, um, he's been into them for a... Tattooed. Sorry? Tattooed. He's a, ta he's a tattooed Mogwai fan, absolutely. I showed Stuart Braithwaite his tattoo. I think he was very impressed with it um, on his forearm. But, uh, yeah, interviewing him was superb. Uh, lovely fella, as, as I don't have to tell you that because you know him personally. And that will be on the channel a week on Sunday. So this Sunday we have Des McLean and Jim Moore telling us all about Bend It Like uh, Bertie, which is coming to the pavilion. We had the opportunity to go to the pavilion and, and interview them. Uh, beautiful, magnificent. Theater. I was there on Friday. Were you? Aye, what, what were you going I, to go and what were you seeing there? I went on Friday. My dad, um, my dad's favourite, well, one of his favourite bands, I mean, that's his Beatles LP, actually. Um, I inherited his collection. Uh, but he loved um, a band called Steel Eye Span. Oh, like right. a folk rock band from the, from the 70s. Uh, and uh, I, I, they were playing their 50th anniversary tour and I just thought, you know what, I, I'm, I'm going to go and see them. I wish I could take my dad, obviously I can't, but um, I, I went and uh, it was really emotional actually uh, to see to see them live and to see a band that my dad used to play, play into me when I was a wee boy, you know, bounced me on his knee to All Around My Heart and that was their big, their big single. I wouldn't imagine many people watching would know who they are, but um, it was it was really cool to see a gig in the pavilion. I've never seen a gig in the pavilion before. I've seen comedy there, and mm. uh, I've seen some football stuff, but never a gig. So it was quite strange. There was like a, I was definitely one of the youngest people there. <laughs> um, no, no, no doubt about it. And there was an a, an interval, so they played for an hour, and then there was an interval, and then everyone went and got their ice creams, and uh, came back and sat down. I, I 
just sat with a smile on my face thinking this is so surreal but I, oh, I, did, I did feel as much as you can you know maybe dispute it but I did I did feel quite close to my dad you know just being there and uh, and hearing those songs uh, especially the last two or three they, they played uh, played Gaudete as well which is uh, a famous uh, Alan Partridge scene where he's driving along and he's he's rover and he's got his, his girlfriend in the car and he goes, oh, listen to this, it'll blow your socks off. And he puts on Steel Eye Span, Gaudi, <laughs> and sings along with it. Quite aggressively sings along with it. Uh, so that, that, I enjoyed that as well. So, oh, but, no, that's special, man. Pavilion, yeah. Pavilion is a, it's a, great, it's a great spot. And beautiful, beautiful, beautiful venue. And a, a lovely backdrop, obviously, for our video, which will be on the channel on Sunday, followed by next Sunday, Stuart Braithwaite. Um, what I would say about the book is, I love it, I thought it was superb. If you're buying it, buy it direct from mogwai.scot because obviously if you do that, then uh, they get more of a cut of the book. Uh, you know what I mean? Rather than buying it from Amazon, uh, nothing against Amazon, but they take 43% of the publisher's what? profit. Of the publisher's profit. Yeah, wow. absolutely. So uh, buy it direct. Oh, just just a word on autobiography. My my former colleagues at Iceland and Morningside, as a I might have mentioned this before, but as a a parting gift, they got me Lorenzo Amoruso's book. Is that uh, the, the one with loads of photographs in it? I mean, probably. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't remember. I actually let you know how you get like these sort of uh, gifting shelves in supermarkets where you can like leave books and people right. can pick them up. <laughs> I like the Lorenzo Amoruso book there because I was like, why have I still got this? I've read it like once and it was very funny. There's a line in it where he says, I know how to enjoy myself in, in the company of beautiful women. <laughs> that is, that's Patrick's. That, that is unbelievable. Oh, no, no. I, I, genuinely, if you want to laugh, read it. There's some other belters in there as well, really. And, and, and I actually got told a story from a friend who's friend went back home with him one night and he, he, he excused himself he said I'm going to go change into something a bit more comfortable, came back in wearing silk boxers right, nothing else and started doing press ups on the floor in front of the girl right and then he, he disappeared again and she phoned a taxi and left That's the creepiest thing I've ever heard That's <laughs> unbelievable Yep was he, li- was he listening to that Gadetti song? <laughs> <laughs> Still I mean, if that was happening at the same time, I think that would have been definitely scarier than any horror film we'd ever watched. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I'm thinking American Psycho right now. Um, oh, yeah. well, oh, my word. That's, that's, proper, man. That's, that's proper Patrick Bateman part, isn't it? Yeah. It is. I am um, so glad you've shared that with the uh, five or 6,000 people who's going to watch this show. That is tremendous I'm glad knowledge as well. and I mean, insight. It deserves to be aired. Uh, see, before we wrap up, Hak Sabanovich is looking the part. And yeah. I saw that somebody shared um, his Instagram story where he put, uh, I'm, I'm, following, I'm in love with this club. Um, and I want to do everything, you know. To we, we didn't get the result tonight, but we're going to work really hard to to bring success in it. You know, some people would say, oh, you know, birthday card, PISH or whatever. But I, 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 I kind of don't get it with him. I think he really does actually care. You know, I, when he signs for a club, I think he looks like the type of player that will give you his mm-hmm. all, and mm-hmm. he's really. 
like tenacious. He's impressive. He's impressive. You can see why money's been spent on them. Sometimes players come here, uh, a Yeti, for example, and you're mm-hmm. like, how how is that level of money being spent on him uh, in the, in the last few years? But then you get someone like Haksavanovic come along and you go, you go, all right, well, I can see why that money's been spent. And he's just been unfortunate in the clubs that he's gone to. I mean, Ruben Kazan, who could have possibly, mm. uh, you know, predicted what's gonna, what was going to happen in, in terms of that club. But we might have won a watch for him. It looks like it. And the big thing as well, I don't know the character of the player. Hopefully we'll get to know that a wee bit more as uh, time progresses. But sometimes with players, it didn't happen with uh, the aforementioned Ayeti, but they get a big move and uh, if it doesn't work out, there's something to prove. I think Haksabanovic is like that, getting his big move to West Ham. He was like a, a teenage prodigy, make, making his senior debut at the age of 15, JP, and, and we've now got him. But again, we've said this before, why have we got him? Well, that's pro- probably because his career path hasn't gone the way it would have been expected. Why did we get Carter Vickers? Because he was a he was a reserve player at Spurs. You know, he couldn't find a fit at the seven or eight loan clubs he had been at. Why did we get Jota? Well, uh, Jota was a golden kid with a £70 million sell-on clause, release clause from his Benfica contract. But his career didn't go the way that everybody uh, at Benfica thought it would. So... That's why we've got these players, but I just think that we can nurture them. We can nurture them under Ange Postacoglu. There's a few players who I think will actually come uh, good for us this season who will play a part, as minor as it might be. You mentioned Moy, um, you know, Idiguchi, the forgotten man. We've got Abiel Gard, we've not really seen him yet. McCarthy came in for a cameo the other day and played really well, <laughs> done pretty well up at Perth. So there's other players who are going to be bit part players, but very, very important to the, the final outcome this season. Loads more to talk about with JP Mason as always but we've run over time uh, I've got to thank everybody for getting involved in the comments section I appreciate that your conversations have raged on whilst JP and I have got lost in the world of Alan Partridge and Amoruso doing press ups and silk shorts <laughs> but this is a Thursday on Axom anything can happen uh, all that's left for me to say is JP Mason thank you so much for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind cheers bro <laughs> phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details it's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. 
our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.